This is a podcast from Rover. All right, it is time now for this week's view from the top paddock. Here we head to the uh, Brunner District and joined by the Vice President of the World Farmers Organisation, Katie Milne. Good morning, Katie. How are you? Good morning. Yep, very well here. Yeah, how's things, how's things over on the old West Coast at the moment? Uh, how's life treating you, the weather, all those sorts of things? Yeah, well, uh, everyone's just cranking into mating now or just about to. So um, we've had some really fabulous weather and then just had a couple of doses of snow this week on the top in the last couple of days. But prior to that, we'd literally had three weeks of good weather. Um, so, yeah, a bit of drizzle and rain yesterday, last night, today, which is the wee drink that it actually needs. You know, you've got to keep enough ticking over to um, green it up. Um, right in this critical time coming up to mating so that there's plenty of tucker around and the old cows are on the rising nutritional plane or holding versus falling because of course if yeah. the grass quality drops away too quick now the cows don't go and calf as good as they should so yeah, yeah fingers crossed that um, the weather stays just fine enough and we set ourselves up for a great season next year on top of what looks like to be a good one this year. Excellent to hear. Right, Stats NZ has revealed the number of farms, uh, currently around 50,000 in NZ, is decreasing every year. Uh, cause for concern, thoughts on that? Well, it's always been one of those stats, actually, when you follow it through, that there is aggregation, so farms get sold to a neighbour and things like that. So um, sometimes it's not as it looks. But having said that, there's also um, been for many years... Um, when I was on the feds board, they were quite concerned about the amount of land that was going out of farming under housing, under subdivisions and stuff like that. So mm. that's also usually very, very, very superior soils, very good soils on flat land, you know, around the major centres. So that was always a worry. And, of course, now we have some, I'm not sure if the ones that are going into carbon farming, whether they are classed as going out of farming or not, actually. But... Um, yeah, it's actually the land area we should be more concerned about, I guess, than the number of farms because an amount of natural aggregation where neighbours buy neighbours and things like that is, is always something that happens and it's a worldwide phenomenon. So, yeah, it's the, it's the amount of hectares we farm that's probably more key versus the number of farms we have. Yeah. Okay, speaking of uh, farms and uh, decreasing farms, this one, Mangani Station, looked like it's going to go to, uh, obviously obviously sold to, or looks like it is, or potentially already sold to overseas forestry interests. That'll be revealed. But uh, we're seeing a syndicate, and we spoke to Derek Daniel uh, from Wairere Rams uh, earlier on about this, and... Uh, yeah, well, let's you know, let's hope they get the uh, the ball is rolling, and and uh, maybe we'll see some more of this around the country as as people fight back and and uh, go into bat for our beautiful fertile farming land. Yes, it raises a very interesting question, doesn't it, as to what should farm ownership look like and who and how, and opens up some doors actually to more ways we can do it. I guess um, it used to be the old second mortgage with a family way back to get the next generations into land. And then there was a lot of equity partnerships came through as dairy went south into Southland and into Canterbury. Um, and so these other broader structures that might fall out of this could be really useful, actually, to um, mm. people have an investment in land who may not be interested in farming and get some good young farmers onto the ground then to do the managing or um, some lease arrangement within that. Mm. So I, I think it's a, a great idea if they can pull it off. Um, and it keeps it, as you say, productive, keeps families in those areas and so on versus the the, um, the one-hit wonder that the carbon farming is going to be 
um, which has got us all worried, as we've all discussed for months and months now, about what that does to rural communities. So I yeah. think it's it's good to um, think of new ways to, to look at land tenureship and um, figure out, you know, if, if this way is plausible, if it hasn't already been a done deal, um, which quite yeah. possibly it has. But, yeah, yeah. new novel ways to do things. That's, we've always been inventive as farmers. And um, this is another area where we do need to become inventive because land price, big farms on their own for um, individuals to buy are just out of reach now. So it does have to be other structures that are looked at if we want to keep them productive and in farming. I mean, like you've just alluded to, it's it's a very small pool of people that are going to have that kind of money available to buy a farm of that, or a station of that of that nature. And I guess even if it has already gone, um, which we hope it hasn't, and and that this will be successful, I think it's it's the principle of it and it's the um, the stand that they're making, I suppose. So. Um, yeah, like we said before, if it's worked for a beach, why not not why not for a station? Yeah, you can buy sand, you can buy land, um, yeah. and, and also I guess the other piece is that uh, with interest rates um, going where they are going to go, it's a lot scarier for any young individuals, you know, with yeah. a good deposit to take on that extra debt. Um, so you know, if you can spread that uh, risk across a, a number of parties, then then that's good too. But, you know, people are going to have to be creative with um, entry and exit clauses and things like that too. Yep. If they join syndicates up, make sure everyone's on the same page or, or there's a way for uh, people to get their investment out and others to take it over or whatever. But, um, you know, that yeah, it, it'll be a good, there'll be good, some good outcomes regardless in looking at how we can do this and, and stop this onslaught of um, carbon farming, especially if it's just going into pines. I know there's a lot that are not so concerned if it goes into our own natural biodiversity here or a bit of a mix, but when it's just the old pines, it's, um, well, even Gary Taylor from the EDS, uh, I was reading an old paper of his uh, a a week or two ago, and it talked about, you know, how the biggest polluter we've got in New Zealand in agricultural land is sediment. And, um, you know, it can be be more of an issue, I guess, with production farm, um, uh, tree farming. You've got to be careful with your slash Mm. and what happens, but... Carbon farming, you know, pines take it up for so long, then you've got to take them down and replant, theoretically. So there's going to be issues with sediment at times in some areas where they really we don't need it. So the old permanent structure of, of natives, uh, you don't run into that because they're still growing for three, four, five, six hundred years. So yeah. very, very interesting good. conversations go around very this good, whole ten years. Good, um point, yeah. Katie. Katie, one more thing. Uh, now we've talked to you a bit about the old possums down in your part of the world. And a recent meeting of the West Coast Conservation Board, the idea was floated to treat possums as a resource instead of using the old 1080 to control them. What's your thoughts on this? Well, I'm not sure really completely how it was actually floated. Um, uh, yeah, because we've got such great habitat here for possums. It's in and I know a lot of the old pest control guys from years ago and they went up certain valleys, you know, and, and like the deception and they cleaned them out. But, you know, within two years they're full again. But times that by the literally thousands and thousands of valleys we've got and it's a never-ending problem. Yeah, a good price on skins. Uh, the numbers got lower when if people were out there hunting uh, and chasing them, but they never got low enough that, you know, we were winning the battle properly um, in that whole area. And, of course, with the 1080, you get uh, stoats and rats as well um, because they come yep. along and, and eat the bodies and, and get poisoned. I know it's an ugly thing, but if we want to keep our flora and fauna, 
Oh, love the sound effects, eh? It's seen a possum. Yeah. We can't afford to just rely on those old methods that took them down to a certain level and not the right level. But, hey, there might be areas that we... we um, uh, pick off like we're doing with Predator Free in southwestern now yep. and the Wataroa Valleys and, and get them clear. And maybe some areas, um, there's there's room for that resource to stay there for those that want to uh, do the fur or whatever. But I think yep. we've got to be really, really careful about this because um, we do tend to have huge recovery in our yeah. birds when we get rid of all those predators. But in other areas, they are barely holding their own. In fact, they're going backwards. So yeah. what do we want? Do we want to keep our uniqueness with our species? Or do we want to have a, 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 a um, an industry on the side that's got a place but a little bit dubious? Maybe we should just go to farming them. Some people around here years ago in the peak, they were farming possums. They had farming farms. possums. Well, well there you go. If they could be contained, they farmed them. If they could be contained, it would be okay. If you could contain yeah, them. They were, they were literally contained. They had little pens and um, uh, shed and stuff for them to sleep in. And they uh, had <laughs> corrugated really? iron. Uh, fences. So. Oh, yeah, there you go. Hey, you get it all on the show here. Farming the possums. That is uh, Katie Mill there, our World Farmers Organisation Vice President of Brunner Farmer, and joins us on a regular basis here on Rex. Always uh, has some great insight, Katie. Great to have her always on the show. Next up, we're going to go to Richard Green, weather expert in our ag weather with AFCO.